Welcome to Deutsche Bank's Mark to Market podcast, where we level set with global business leaders on vital topics that we face today. And now over to your host, Mark Fedorsik, co-head of the Investment Bank, in conversation with Kathy Michaels, Chief Financial Officer, ExxonMobil. Most people think of Exxon as an oil and gas company. Most of it are associated with the, the local gas station um, that we see. But Exxon is much more than that. Can you elaborate for this group, what is Exxon beyond what we see as visible consumers? And then articulate a little bit, Kathy, if you can, the vision and where you think it'll be five, 10 years from now. Yeah. Uh, so I think one of the interesting facts that not every person on the street will understand is Exxon has a chemical business that's as large as Dow, right? And, and it tends to get hidden underneath uh, what the brand would suggest in terms of what what the business is, you know, to uh, the common consumer. And so we do have quite a large global, I would say, and, and pretty diverse set of businesses. Uh, like many oil and gas companies, we're in what we would call upstream, the actual production of oil and gas. And we actually have the largest, what we would call downstream or refinery circuit of all of the major oil and gas uh, companies. But again, we also have the largest chemical company, which is of size, uh, very similar to Dow. I think importantly, we also have to look at, that's what the business composition looks like today, but what is it going to look like in the future, right? And for us, as we look forward to where we have some of the biggest growth opportunities, it's actually in the low carbon emissions space. How do we get society to net zero, right? We're working hard within what I'll define as kind of our own four walls, right? We're in heavy industry. And so we naturally have a pretty large uh, carbon emission within our own four walls that we're working to reduce. But we have a growth business in helping customers to reduce their carbon footprint, right? And we would be uh, particularly focused on the highest carbon emitting sectors, power, heavy transportation, heavy industry, where we can bring uh, what I would describe as some of the company's core capabilities that we're deriving from our historical business and applying them to growing this new business. Okay, let's let's pivot because it's, it's I was ESG, it's a term that we all are embracing. Everyone through their different business lines is finding ways to, to play their role. ExxonMobil has had an ambitious statement. It's actually on the front, I think on the front page of your website as well. And let me just remind the audience of what that is. To be net zero emissions from all of operating assets by 2050. Okay, Pretty ambitious or not ambitious? How did you come up with to be net zero emissions by 2050. And you're an oil and gas company. So it's a little harder for us than it is for some other than it is for some other companies, Mark. I, I would actually say uh, if I was going to critique ExxonMobil, that we were slow relative to some peers in declaring that as an ambition. And part of the reason we were a bit slower than some of our peers is we're a company that uh, our employee population is heavily uh, engineering based, chemical engineers, industrial engineers, you know, and these are people that are only going to jump on board if they can see a line of sight to what the company is setting out as an ambition that we're reaching for. So I'd say we took some time to do a bit more work 
to really make sure that we felt like there could be a realistic line of sight to getting to net zero in 2050 before we were ready to declare that. And, and that was off the back of putting in place a very specific plan through 2030, which is the first leg of how we get to that 2050 ambition, right? So it was really important for us to be able to engage our employees and say, look, here's the specific plan we have for this decade. That's gonna get us this far. Here's what the longer term ambition is. Uh, we have roadmaps for each one of our operating sites in terms of what that abatement plan and abatement curve looks like. Obviously doing the lower cost uh, abatement sooner, right? And, and looking to do in the later periods, the things where we need technology to advance a, a little bit more before it can be economic. But that was really critical. And then I'd also say, that's our ambition within our own four walls. But importantly, our ability to move the needle for society is also what we can do for our customer base, right? So we're very focused on carbon capture and sequestration, on biofuels and on using hydrogen as a fuel switching source, right? To drive down emissions for customers to ultimately help society get to where we need to be. Yeah, we're gonna talk about some of that. It must, it must feel like there is a real responsibility at your level and within the, the senior executives at Exxon given the profile and the size of the business. To, do you feel like you have the, the burden, this is a, a positive or negative, to be a leader, to lead the industry to carbon neutrality? And, yeah, I definitely feel like we have the opportunity yeah. to lead the industry. And I'm going to give you a great example, which I think was a moment that made all employees at ExxonMobil really proud. Uh, we, towards the end of last year, actually made a statement that we intended to get our operation in the Permian to net zero by 2030. Again, part of this path for how do we see a line of sight to that kind of bigger ambition over a longer period of time. No one who operates in the Permian had come out with that declaration, right? And so that's both consistent with our ambition to get to net zero in 2050, but really importantly, it puts what I would describe as positive pressure on the rest of the industry. If ExxonMobil thinks it can get the Permian to net zero by 2030, shouldn't everybody else be kind of chasing that, that same time frame? And so it's just a great example of we need to be a leader. And what are the types of things that we can do that both drive the company in the right direction, but also can, can start to have an outside impact, you know, beyond our own four walls? Yeah. I assume one of the challenges, opportunity, to use your word, to, be, to make it as a positive, is also mobilizing the employees of a firm. We see it here at Deutsche Bank. You're much larger from an employee base. But mobilizing that employee base to not just understand what you're trying to do, but to get them to have a meaningful impact to want to do it. Because I think everyone understands it. And I was reading, you have five strategic priorities to achieve this 2050 ambition. Leading performance, essential partner, advantage portfolio, innovative solutions, and then meaningful development. And I think under meaningful development, you were trying to capture people. So I guess my question is, a little bit of what is the culture like within Exxon? We always, we're always curious, but more importantly, how are you mobilizing the people within Exxon to fully understand and embrace the change you're going on? Yeah, and so I would describe the culture at ExxonMobil is people who very much 
are value and principle based, right? Highly, highly ethical. And you can imagine given the number of countries and the types of countries that we operate in across the world that, you know, we are helping to steward countries' natural resources, right? And, and how they're trying to capitalize on the natural resources that we have. Being principled, being really thoughtful, being ethical, I'd say is kind of at the core of, of our culture. Um, we are also looking at the end of the day to recognize we're in a highly, highly competitive industry, right? So uh, competing to win, I would say, is also uh, something that is pretty strong uh, in our culture. I think it's really important as we look at how, how do we energize employees, right? How is it that we inspire them? Where the company is going and how they can be a part of that and, and how they can help to positively affect that. More and more employees want to make sure that the company is doing things that are good for society, right? Now, we will talk about in our business that we have essential products that we're making today that society absolutely needs, right? We need those products to have a lower emission footprint than they have today to help society get to net zero. And we have, again, a growth business uh, outside of our own four walls in helping customers and, and society more broadly get to net zero. But one of the things that really resonates with our people is what we do is so essential to modern life. If you think about um, bringing energy to emerging markets, to third world countries, right? This is what helps uh, get people out of poverty. If you think about some of the products we make in our chemical business, um, it preserves food, right? It, it extends the shelf life of food. And we try and do it uh, with, I'll, I'll call it, utilizing less and less material, right? So that that broader environmental footprint is getting smaller all the time, right? But you're actually addressing one of the world's most critical needs, which is how do we feed the population? And extending shelf life is pretty critical to ultimately reducing waste and being able to feed the population. So I'd say we go out of our way to talk about our strategy and the products that we're producing today where our growth opportunities are, how we think about the energy transition and the positive role we can play in the energy transition to make sure that our employees understand that, that it resonates with them and that they can see where they fit into that picture so that the work they're doing makes a positive difference. The tragic and unfortunate events, which we all agree in Ukraine is a bit of a wake up call in terms of energy security for not just on the continent of Europe, not just for Germany, but, but for every country. My question is, how do, how do we strike that balance to encourage companies like Exxon to invest more and drill for fossil fuels, but at the same time balance where we can grow renewable energy sources like wind and solar, yeah. striking that balance? Sure. I, I mean, the bottom line is we have to do both, right? Wind and solar are going to be an important part of the energy transition. We also have to recognize that today, wind and solar are mm, approaching 2% of the, you know, the total requirement. If you think about total global energy requirement and how much is provided by wind and solar. So that means uh, right now, as we sit here today, uh, demand for oil and gas is continuing to grow. And I think one of the things that has been a real wake-up call is that folks have realized we need to be able to meet that demand with lower emissions, but we can't just take an approach where we're looking to reduce 
uh, supply of oil and gas when we don't have a replacement for it readily available. Because if we do that and shrink supply relative to demand, there's only one result from that, and it's higher it's higher prices, right? And and so I think we have to get that balance right. And there's uh, more acknowledgement, both that we have to get that balance right. And I think there's much broader acknowledgement today, Mark, that there's many different technologies that have to be part of the answer to the energy transition. Wind and solar are not on their own uh, going to solve this problem for society, right? They don't, they don't provide the energy density that's needed for every application. And that's why, you know, our focus, again, hydrogen, biofuels, carbon capture and sequestration. And by the way, all, all of these types of technologies were included recently in the Inflation Reduction Act, right? And so from our perspective, it, it was good to just see a broader acknowledgement that we need all of these different technologies to ultimately solve this problem. You've been generous with your time, very direct, and a lot of the insights of not just your career, but what you're doing from a sustainability opportunity ExxonMobil rings near and dear to our hearts. Kathy, we really do appreciate the time. It's been very enjoyable. Thank you very much, Mark. Really happy to do this and just to have the opportunity.